Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're going to talk with Will Slaughter, Fairfax County Consumer Affairs Branch, about National Consumer Protection Week, which is actually the week of March 1st through 7th. Will, thanks for uh, for being with us on the podcast today. Sure, thanks for having me. Interesting point. We'll make this as we get started and then hopefully try to remind folks uh, as we get along. We're recording this podcast right in the middle of <laughs> National Consumer Protection Week, so a lot of activities have already occurred, but there's still more coming up this week, mm-hmm. so if folks are, uh, are hearing the podcast early when it comes out. They'll have t- uh, time to take advantage of uh, these opportunities, but if you're listening after the week of March 1st through 7th, we're still going to have some good information about uh, consumer protection and about what the Consumer Affairs Branch does, so uh, uh, please stay tuned. Well, I know you know, before we get started into the meat of the subject, we'd like to talk a little bit about you, the, the employee of Fairfax County. You're okay. in the Consumer Affairs Branch. How, how did you get there? What's, what's been your career path to get you into Consumer Affairs with Fairfax County? Well, I started with the county um, shortly after graduating from college um, in uh, 1990. And I started out with uh, Fairfax County Housing. I worked for hmm. housing for about eight years. Okay. And a lot of that work was, of course, dealing with tenant-landlord relationships. Mm. So they had a position with Consumer Affairs where one of the primary responsibilities is mediating complaints regarding tenant-landlord matters. So Mm. I got the position here and came over here in 1999 Mm. and uh, have been working here since 1999. mediating tenant-landlord complaints as well as Mm. consumer business complaints. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into that a little bit uh, later, but uh, before we uh, started chatting, you talked about uh, it sounded like eating healthy and working out. So are those kind of some passions and interests for you? Yeah, definitely. I think it's very important um, to to try to, you know, maintain a healthy Mm -hmm, lifestyle mm -hmm. and Work, work out and eat right and hopefully, you know, do my best to right. live as long as I can. Right. <laughs> so what's your, what's your form? What's your favorite uh, kind of exercise to do? Is it uh, running? Do you weight lift? I mean, uh, um, do yoga? I mean, yeah, actually, I, I like to run a lot and um, particularly in the, when the weather's nice, I like to run outside. I prefer that, mm. you know, versus a treadmill. Yeah. And then um, weightlifting, of course, a very important part of my mm. workout okay. regimen as well. Okay. So I'm always trying these new um, home fitness programs mm. because my wife has to we have a young child so oh, one yeah. of us has to be constantly home with right, the others working right. out so it works out better that okay, way okay okay mm-hmm. um did, when you were growing up and going to school did you think you'd be working with tenant landlord issues and being involved in consumer affairs not really i was always interested um and like the criminal aspect, I majored in or minored in college in criminal justice. Oh, okay. So, and some of the some of this job does take on a criminal aspect as far as sometimes we have to work with the police if there's, um, you know, construction fraud involved or something hmm. like that. So there is some some of that criminal aspect involved to this mm-hmm. position. So mm-hmm. that I find that very interesting. Cool. Let's let's I want to let's go into that and then we'll kind of get to Consumer Protection Week as okay. as we get into it because we're talking about National Consumer Protection Week and folks 
may not really even know what consumer protection is and then what consumer affairs branch with Fairfax County is. Mm -hmm. So before we dive into, like, I'm really kind of curious about the tenant-landlord issues and some of these other things that you've talked about, but what, what's kind of an overview of the Fairfax County consumers, uh, Consumer Affairs Branch? What is it that Consumer Affairs Branch does? Our primary responsibility is to investigate and mediate consumer business complaints. So if a consumer has a complaint and it can be against numerous uh, kinds of businesses, we, we, you know, we handle car complaints, um, complaints against um, the, the, the major um, cable companies in, in Fairfax County, Comcast, Verizon, and Cox. Um, we also handle um, you know, complaints against certain retail stores, you know, all retail stores in Fairfax County. There's only several categories of complaints that we don't handle, mm. um, one of them being insurance matters, which go to the Bureau of Insurance. Oh, okay. And um, most banking complaints we don't handle as well. Those go usually to the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. But other than that, we handle, you know, pretty much all categories mm -hmm. of complaints. So if, if someone, you mentioned car. Uh, I'm assuming like if they purchased a car and had issues with the, the, the purchase process or wanting to return the car, or you mentioned cable, is it the rates they're paying? I mean, can you give us an example of, of kind of one or two? Yeah, sure. Um, with, with the cable companies, a lot of times it's, it's a billing issue that the mm. consumer has okay. where they don't think that the what they're being charged is what they were promised when gotcha. they signed up for that particular um, plan that they went for with that particular cable company. And then cars can be anything from, you know, not happy with the the actual price that they were charged or they felt like they were being deceived somehow when they mm. purchased the vehicle and then they had like buyer's remorse or something like that. Gotcha. So okay. it could be various reasons. Are there certain things for for our residents to remember when they're when they're dealing with a retail establishment or car or their cable or any of the kind of complaints and situations that you see run through the consumer affairs branches there's certain things that residents can think about or remember when they're purchasing or doing other things that would help avoid <laughs> issues does that make sense yeah we we just we have a lot of um, information educational information on our website oh, okay which is um, very useful uh, www.fairfaxcounty.gov forward slash consumer and you can go onto our website and like i said we have several actual presentations um on you know we have one for example on identity theft oh, okay. um we have you know just various uh, home 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 if you're doing business with the uh, with the um, home improvement company, we have oh, okay. recommendations on what to look for, what to look for in a contract, and this is just all educational information to hope hopefully educate you well enough that you won't engage in these kind of right. um, business practice or you know doing business. You get with caught these, up with right. somebody, yeah. Better to be what safe than sorry. sorry or, right. Yeah. Is there? Is there a number uh, that you could put on? I mean, how many complaints or how many folks reach out to Consumer Affairs? I mean, is it uh, something that is happening on a daily basis that the average resident in Fairfax County just might go, wow, I didn't realize that many people were having complaints or issues? Yes, we actually have, uh, we have one consumer specialist on staff every day who handles exclusively advice calls. So if wow. the community's calling in and they have an issue, 
that there's a, there's a consumer specialist there to answer any questions that, that that consumer might have. And we probably get, you know, average anywhere from, say, 10 to 20 advice calls a day. Wow. So, And that's in addition to the complaints, the written complaints, mm. the formal complaints that are coming into the office. Wow. That's that's more than I thought. What what's that number that folks could call if they're listening right now and maybe would want some advice that would prevent them then having to do sure. it to complain? Yeah, the number they can call is seven zero three two 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 eight four three five. And if you do have a written complaint, um, the easiest way um, is to file it on our website at www.fairfaxcounty.gov forward slash consumer. Most of our complaints that we receive today are received uh, via the internet. Hmm. If folks uh, don't have internet access, can they, would they call the, the tip line and other arrangements would be made? Sure, yeah. The com- line? Yes, sir. The, the, uh, they'll call the tip line and then the, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and mail them a hmm. complaint form okay. that they can fill out okay. by hand. So, again, that number is 703-222-8435? Correct. Okay. So, a great resource right there for anyone listening that uh, that has some questions, and that's what uh, that consumer specialist is there for, to answer any questions that folks may have. So, uh, take advantage of it. Um, do you think the consumer today is more savvy, more aware of situations than they have been in the past, or... Is there more, because there's more internet-based shopping and other different things, are there more things to be concerned about? I mean, I guess, which which way do you think it's kind of gone? Well, I think there's more, the, the people who are taking advantage of consumers, you know, people who are frauding to, to consumers seem to be getting more sophisticated mm-hmm. in their ways of, of, of defrauding people. So I think that it's actually, you have to kind of keep up with the current, you know, things to be aware of as a consumer to look for and to be aware of about, your, you know, what, what you need to do to protect yourself. I think those that continues to grow and, and you need to be, you know, even more aware, like I said, with these more sophisticated ways that people are tending to defraud consumers. Mm-hmm. You, have a, you have a specific tip or specific advice or one or two things you could, you could offer? Um, for example, one of the biggest... Uh, scams we have is, um, you know, a lot of these companies like, you know, Citibank, they'll put out a, the the person who's defrauding the consumer will put out a website that looks to the consumer like it's a legitimate website for Citibank, but um, come to find out these scammers have put out a website that appears to look like Citibank, but it's not. It's eliciting certain personal information from the consumer that if you're a customer of Citibank, normally they wouldn't want, they wouldn't need that information because they already have it. So we just tell people to be aware of unsolicited emails, such as um, a website that might be, that might look like some somebody they do business with, mm-hmm. but it's not really the, the legitimate website. Right. What's, I mean, if I have any question about an email I get, should I, should I open it or should I call the company or should I call Consumer Affairs? I mean, what, what steps should I take if I, if I, I'm in that situation, and, and I'm and I'm concerned. I just don't right. know. We just always advise people not to open any unsolicited emails. Hmm. Um, not, you know, if they weren't expecting something like that, not to open it. And hmm. if you suspect there's any kind of fraud involved, just delete it from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something you touched on earlier. I want to make sure that we have enough time to get to everything um, because uh, a lot of 
lot of great stuff here to talk about mm-hmm. with a limited time. And again, we're talking with Will Slaughter of uh, Fairfax County's Consumer Affairs Branch about uh, the Consumer Affairs Branch in Fairfax County, uh, keeping yourself safe when you're uh, uh, making purchases. And we're also going to get to National Consumer Protection Week, which is March 1st through 7th. But something you talked about early on was uh, the, the tenant landlord um, kind of uh, uh, situation or your involvement in the consumer affairs branch with, with tenant landlord situations. And that's honestly something I really just hadn't even thought about. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the case you think about with most folks that they don't realize there's someone that could help or offer advice in, with that tenant landlord situation? Yeah, I definitely think so, especially when you think of really the our agency consumer affairs, you would think of more maybe we handled as consumer business transactions. Mm-hmm. But Believe it or not, tenant landlord complaints are one of the highest categories of complaints we receive today, and it's so it's very common that we are, are mediating matters regarding tenant landlord. Mm-hmm. Is is that because there's so many rental or uh, rental type properties in the county, or, or yeah, there's a, there's quite a few rental properties in the county. You've got quite a few apartment complexes as well. So there's there's various issues. Um, one of the biggest categories, or one of the biggest complaints that we receive mm-hmm. in the tenant landlord complaint category is the return of the security deposit uh, that the tenant doesn't agree with the withholding of the deposit or a portion of the deposit. They don't agree the way the landlord's deducted that. So we try to get involved and and try to mediate a resolution to get either some or all the deposit back for the tenant. Mm-hmm. I know there's not a typical or an average case, but um, say someone is concerned they didn't get their security deposit back, they felt like they should or mm-hmm. should get part of it back. I'm assuming the first step is they, they call the Consumer Affairs Branch or do they try to work with their landlord first? Well, we always encourage the, in this case, the tenant and in another case with the consumer business, with the consumer to work with the business. We always encourage them to work directly with the other party and try to reach a resolution. However, if they're unable to reach a resolution, we encourage them to file a complaint with our office and we'll okay. attempt to, to mediate a resolution from okay. there. So what happens at that point? When you try to mediate this resolution, what does that mean? What kind of I know that every, every case is not typical, mm-hmm. but what are some of the steps? What's the kind of process to get to the end? Sure, um, we once we receive the complaint from the tenant, we send a, a letter out to the landlord requesting a response within ten days to the complaint, and then once we receive the response from the landlord, then we forward it to the tenant, and the tenant has an opportunity to provide a rebuttal response. And then we just attempt to mediate a resolution from that point. Mm. And in the case of a tenant-landlord complaint, you know, we're asking the landlord to provide things like receipts, um, you know, a copy of the lease, um, any any pictures to substantiate their withholding of the deposit base to, due to damages to the unit and so forth. So we're asking for a lot of documentation yeah. to try to mediate a ca- the case. And the, and that was exactly what I was going to ask about next. I'm assuming that that for residents to protect themselves, they also should do the same thing. Take pictures of the property when oh, they leave, definitely. that type thing? Yeah, very much encourage that and to make sure that they're, they're present for the move-out walk-through inspection when they move out and huh. have the landlord itemize anything that's wrong with the unit um, before they move out and mm-hmm. that walk-through move-out inspection. Right. And maybe a dumb question on my part, the Consumer Affairs Branch, you're not taking sides. No, no, we're we're strictly um, we're uh, maintaining a neutral position, and we give both parties equal opportunity to to give their position and their side as to the complaint. Okay. On the off chance, what happens, or has it ever happened, that you cannot mediate a 
resolution between the two parties? And if so, what happens then? Yeah, well, sometimes we, we can't reach a resolution for one reason or another. Um, at that point, all we can do is advise the tenant or the consumer, if it's a consumer business complaint, that they need to pursue the matter in court. Usually it can mm -hmm. be pursued in small claims court if the amount is under $5,000. You, you mentioned the consumer coming. Could it be a situation where the landlord is in a situation with a tenant? Could the landlord reach out to Consumer Affairs Branch, or is it more for the consumer? Um, it's more for the consumer. The landlord can certainly call our office, and we can give them advice mm -hmm. and, and, and advise them to follow their lease as far as if they're trying to get rid of the tenant, you know, follow their lease to go through that that process. However, the landlord is, a, in essence, a business, so we don't really handle complaints from gotcha. from businesses either. We just handle complaints from consumers. So, no, we don't handle a formal complaint from a landlord, but we can certainly give them advice. Gotcha. Very good. Hence the name Consumer Affairs Branch. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're getting close on time. want to make sure we get to National Consumer Protection Week, which, again, if you're listening to the podcast during the week of March 1st through 7th, this is National Consumer Protection Week. If you're listening after uh, March 1st through 7th, well, you can still take advantage of the Consumer Affairs Branch every other week of the year, and there's a lot of great information on the website and the telephone number that we've mentioned and we'll mention again. But if folks are listening right now during the week of National Consumer Protection Week, well, A, I guess, why have a National Consumer Protection Week? What's the, what's the point? What's the purpose? Well, just to highlight um, some things that, you know, how important it is to for consumers to be aware of how to prevent themselves from um, in, uh, being victims of fraud. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it just highlights the importance of that. And, and, you know, we give out seminars and so forth to educate the consumers during the week. Yeah, I was going to say you have a lot of special events, and unfortunately some have already passed or mm -hmm. recording in the middle of the week, but uh, actually on, on Wednesday we're recording. Uh, but Thursday and Friday of this week, again, March 1st through 7th, if you're listening and, and can take advantage, there are a couple of activities and promotions or things that you've got going on. You want to tell us about those? Sure. We actually have um, a seminar today at Mason District Governmental Center and that's in Annadale, and that's on protecting your personal information from data breaches and identity theft. And that seminar is being held on uh, Thursday as well at Little River, uh, at the George Mason Governmental Center in Annadale, Virginia. Um, that actually, um, excuse me, the one on Thursday is, is at the George Mason Regional Library okay. in Annadale, and it's the same seminar, just basically um, going over um, how to protect yourself against being a victim of identity theft. Mm, okay. And then on Friday we have the, there's a Federal Communications Commission Consumer Information Expo in Washington, D.C., um, and that will be, um, you know, open to the public to go ahead and attend that. There will be different um, e exhibitors displaying mm -hmm. information that um, will be relevant to right. helping consumers. Okay. So still time for you listening to take advantage of some of the uh, National Consumer Protection Week events going on this week. But again, if you're listening after this week uh, and you need any advice, call the Consumer Affairs Branch or go online to the website, and I'll get Will to give out that information again just momentarily. But you mentioned the uh, couple of the, the presentations going on uh, about identity theft and, and keeping safe, and that's really something we had not talked a lot about. But seems to be a just a huge problem and, and getting worse all the time. Sure. Uh, what would you say, you're, you're staffing the, the advice line someone calls in and they're concerned about uh, their identity being 
stolen or they have some concerns or whatever, are there any bits of advice or guidance you could offer to help stay safe from getting our identity stolen? Um, well, one of the biggest pieces of information we give out to consumers to avoid being a victim of identity theft or, or at least to minimize your impact or minimize your chances of being a victim is to um, pull your credit report every year. We actually, uh, every every consumer has a right to a free credit report once a year and there's three major credit reporting companies, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. And what we recommend is that so you get a full view of your credit profile for the whole year, um, every quarter. Uh, pull up your free credit report from from the particular company. So, so each company, since there's three companies, you could get a full view of your credit p profile for the whole year. Okay. So do one company, say this January, January and, and then, then the next company maybe April, May. April, May. Okay. Then, right. Okay. Very good. Okay. And that's probably one of the biggest ways you can keep an eye on your credit profile and, and make sure that, you know, hopefully you can minimize your chances of getting, you know, to be a victim of identity theft. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, a lot of these... Um, there are a lot of companies that will monitor your credit that you can pay to have have that done, and that that sometimes is an added security mm -hmm. that you can purchase. Okay, good advice, and especially I like the idea of uh, getting one every quarter instead of you know first of the year. I'm going to start working on my taxes, so let me get my credit scores while I'm at it and right. get all three at one time. That's 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 good mm -hmm. advice. We are almost out of time, Will. Uh, we've been talking about Consumer Affairs and National Consumer Protection Week. Is there anything I haven't asked you, uh, any final bit of guidance or advice uh, you would give to our listeners about um, uh, Consumer Affairs, staying safe when making purchases or questions they might have? Just kind of give you the, the final 30 seconds with the open mic. I would just encourage people to view our website. And as I stated earlier, we have a, a, a a wealth of information on there, of educational information for consumers to view it at www.fairfaxcounty.gov forward slash consumer. And hopefully um, you can educate yourself well enough that, that you won't have to contact us or that you won't have a complaint against the company and that you can protect yourself you know, against being a victim. Right. But if folks do need advice, they can call. Correct. Uh, the, our phone number is 703-222-8435. Awesome. So you've got the website, you've got the phone number, and you've gotten a lot of good information today from Will Slaughter of Fairfax County's Consumer Affairs Branch. Will, thanks so much for uh, being on the conversation. Sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That is going to do it for the time that we've got today. Thanks for listening. If you could do us a quick favor, we haven't asked in a while, but uh, if you could, go to the iTunes store, leave us a rating and review, or if you're listening via the Stitcher app, give us that little thumbs up. We certainly would appreciate it. For more Fairfax County news and events, visit fairfaxcounty.gov slash news. You can also call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for listening to the County Conversation produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.